Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Essential Apple Show, a show where we cover the last 7 to 12 days-ish of Apple news, reviews, rumours, gossip, tech, anything else we get our hands on really. And of course, the week before WWDC, we're going to have a little bit of a roundup session, but what better gang could you ask to do a roundup session with? Then the regulars of the show, starting with this week, Mr. Matt Barton. How much have you spent this week, good sir? Um, actually, not that bad, to be honest. Uh, Seven ninety nine so far. So it's been quite a quiet week this week. What in a week or per minute? No, no. Uh, so far this week, all I've spent is seven pound ninety nine. Oh, um, on a new app, which is my worth a chirp, uh, worth a chirp, which I'll be talking about later. Hey, look at that. We're all getting there now. Looks like we're already promoting the end of the show. Right then, uh, Carl, you next. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm fine. I'm very happy today, actually, because I won a competition. I won a Twitter competition. A Twitter, a Twitter competition. competition. Twitter, yes. Um, from the Bavarian Beer House. They did some promotion thing last week, and I just thought, what the hell? Mark's give it a shot. Uh, and now I can go and watch a, 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 one of the Euro games and... Eight people take it coming with me, and we're having eight steins of beer as well. All free of charge. Is that each or just for you? Because no. do they know well, you? Do- I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping that's I'll be Carl's able to, average. <laughs> I'm hoping I'll be able to scam a few of other people because I don't think I've got eight people going. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Last time we did these, we did one of these competitions. They give you tokens for each stein. So I think last time we did it, there was five of us, and we got a load of ticket tokens. So yeah, it works out that Carl has about eight stars oh, on these sessions. Excellent, excellent. I'm, I'm going to book the um, next Thursday off. Um, uh, the next day oh, off as well. Well, the yeah, Friday next day. Off. The next day is the most important one because, uh, in fact, even if I don't get the day off, <laughs> I think I'm coming down with Saint now. <laughs> yeah, you, will, oh, you won't be able to drive on the Friday, that's for sure. Well, not well. Yeah, we're forgetting that it's my boss that listens to it. Well, one of my seniors that listens to this show, not one of yours. But the problem is what are you going to do because technically they don't serve steins over here they serve oh, masses, so dude. you've got a ticket oh, for nothing shut up. no dude i've got some bad news for you dude wikipedia no. have you heard of wikipedia i don't base my opinion on fact we all know that well tr- uh, okay ordinary beer mugs uh, it says on german beer mugs have been made out of glass for hygienic reasons since the introduction of glass mugs at the 1892 oktoberfest so you was right up until then they were and still are made out of clay and and various other forms but you no longer have to call a stein i mean it can be made of glass and it can be open topped and that's a stein now according to german beer manufacturers and users and whatnot and oktoberfest so you can't go more wrong you know you can't go get more definitive than Oktoberfest itself. I will find out my pictures of Oktoberfest and the drinks menu and see once and for all if it says a stein or a mass. Well, and that will be the de facto standard. Someone needs to update Wikipedia because until then, Wikipedia tells me everything. Well, we've got just a man to update Wikipedia, our very own ragging bone man retiree, Mr. Barry Jensman. How is retirement treating you, sir? It's not too bad, but I'm inexplicably tired. It's ridiculous. It's amazing. You know, I, I, I was saying I've done a bit of DIY today. I've been to the gym. I've done some sitting, done some eating. Um, Shouting at kids fun. on your lawn. <laughs> I've sat, sat in a rocking chair on my porch, throwing throwing stones at passers-by. But yeah, I've, uh, have you been picking out blankets to go over your lap for the you know for the winter months that are going to be coming up, or looking at 
anything tartan, which seems to be what retirees do? No, no, I've been um, I've been looking for roadkill, and I'm going to skin <laughs> them and stitch them together. This has gone a little bit dark all of a sudden. <laughs> I was going to say, is this because, you know, what being a pensioner, you know, A, you have nothing better to do than, like, write to the council to write all the dead animals you find on the road, and B, well, obviously without a job, you're a little bit hard up, so you could become one of those... You know, people go and eat roadkill. But all you get in London is rats and cats and the old... Yeah, badger. or we call it kebab. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say to Baz. So there's a cafe I need to take you to just off Route 66 called the Roadkill Cafe. And their slogan is, you kill it, we'll grill it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so uh, yeah, you get... Um, you know, you, if you find a, a couple of badgers and uh, foxes, foxes as well. Bit, bit, bit tough, you know, meat, meat wise, but um, lovely, uh, lovely bushy tails. Okay, and that way you can make a hat as well, Davy Crockett hat. Do you reckon they make? What they, you know what? Of all the things I haven't seen on the internet, is a hat, is a hat made out of a fox's tail. You're looking in the wrong places. That's because they're normally done into um, scarves, aren't they? Uh, fox skin is normally used to make scarves rather than hats. There's one thing the listeners of this podcast never say is that we have the same old, same old intro every week. <laughs> go on, go and find your other tech shows out there that will go in depth on skinning foxes and wearing badger hats and stuff. Yeah, if you're talking animal hats, that you're talk- rather than badgers, yeah, well, badgers actually will work, but it's normally beaver. Beaver works good for a hat. And you can add your own joke into that. I'm not going anywhere near that. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before, actually. Yeah. What? <laughs> we, we, oh, God. Come again, Matt. Um, yeah, so many jokes. Um, Look, you, yeah, and you wonder uh, why the show goes on for an hour and a half. Get on with it. <laughs> right. Oh, blimey. Here he goes. Here he comes. Uh, cranky Uncle, Mad- cranky Uncle uh, Madden. Here we go. Right then. So um, we're going to this then with a bit of an anecdote that this morning I found out that my account for Amazon <laughs> had been compromised, which was a bit of a shock because uh, I've just recently been given a copy of 1Password to review. So fair disclosure, this next bit is about 1Password. They've graciously given me a review copy and without any justification or context, don't even listen to the next bit. Just go and buy one password because it's blinking brilliant. You Anything know, you've heard about it? It's, like it's weird. It's weird because I could have sworn. Oh, here we go. I sworn. I could have sworn that certain people have been here saying go. very similar for a number of weeks now. Matt, months, can you help me months, out? Months. Months. Huh? We've been saying this for months, let alone weeks. Here we go. So, okay, Mark. So now you've got the actual this. Um, yeah, this review version of it. Yes. And you're saying that you got hacked on your Amazon account. Have you already changed your Amazon password through 1Password? Yes, I have. And the way it does it is brilliant. No, well, no, no, no. Not, had not you, since uh, the hack, had you before the hack. So you've got this review copy, and you still haven't gone through and actually changed all your account passwords. Well, it's the same password for every account. So I'm going to have to go through everything and change it. I just say that I'm going to have to edit that Oh, bit my out. God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the person who did hack your account on your Amazon, if they are listening, there you go. Mark's just told you everything else is on the same password as well. So go for it. Uh, you're all wrong because my Netflix account has been changed. Because as we said a couple of shows ago, my Netflix account got hacked by Mexicans. So at least that one's different. 
And that shouldn't have been a good enough reason for you to go, hmm, I've been hacked. Shall I get something to fix this? Or once I've got something to fix this, shall I maybe go through and change all my passwords with this perfect package designed for it? Do you remember when I said the other week, the worst offenders for doing this are tech people? Because we always tell other people what to do and never do it ourselves. Classic example. Hello. <laughs> doing tech shows. And <laughs> so that's how easy it is. Now, the problem is, Mark, if your Amazon password was the same as some other service that has yep. been hacked and they'd unsorted your, they've unsorted your password through whatever means that they use, they will now automatically apply that password and that username, which is normally your email nowadays. Everything else. And, every, and it's not a person sitting there doing it. It's an automated script that runs through and flags up and says, these, I got a positive response for these. Then a human takes over, and then they start spreading that information out and going to those sites and doing things. You're lucky they didn't change your password because... It's, that's, that's all they need. Too, and, well, yeah, and no, make sure. You got a point there because what they could have done when so basically what happened was I only checked this this morning just out of I, I checked my Gmail account, which to be honest these days is just so full of spam I very rarely check it. So I just happened to go in and I saw that someone had bought um, Amazon Prime, and it's like, well, I've already got that. Why do I want Amazon Prime US now on the tech farm? show i think it was and by the way tim if you are listening thanks very much for you mentioned the other days much appreciated uh, i think one of the guys out on the, the the spotlight network slash my mac show they had a similar thing where their account had been compromised but the people that had compromised had also changed the email address so when you reset a password it was then sending a reminder to a backup email address and that was causing another problem so when i found out that mine was compromised go in change password straight away and I deleted all of my debit cards for that account. So even if they do get in there again, they're going to have nothing. So at least that's something. But one handy hint I suppose I could drop into this is, yes, if you rely on Chrome and Safari to autofill your passwords, that's all right. But remember, if anyone gets onto your machine, they will be able to enter those passwords. With one password, before you can fill out passwords for, say, the next... I think there's like a time limit before it locks down. You have to enter a master password. So technically, you're separating your passwords from your browser. So it's also like if you're in work and you leave a login in work that maybe you don't want someone to see, if you have last password, you haven't got to worry about that because it's in its own little silo. My second tip is if you aren't, if like me, you aren't sure what passwords you've got for websites because you've probably accumulated loads and loads and loads over the midst of time. Go into your keychain access, and I'll put. A, I'll actually write an article on this now. I've just ordered this, and you'll be able to see all of your logins. Ah, can in I there. can I slow you down a little bit, please? Right, here's a simplest solution: get one password because this does all this for you. Yeah, what I'm saying is though, it looks all your passwords that you've got. Does it, it? flags all the ones that are old passwords? It flags all the repeat passwords. Oh, yes, it does all of this for you. Hang on, so it imports from Keychain? No, it doesn't. It will look at sites. Which, if you go yeah, to sites... Once, once oh, you yeah, go, yeah, no, what I'm saying is, if you've got a load of... So if you've, like... So, for example, over your course of time, you might have gone to, like, 50, 100 websites, create 50, 100 logons, but you might only use one or two. If you want to be really sure about what websites have got your password, if you go into Keychain you're going to know what sites you've gone into and logged yeah. into, and then you can migrate them over to one password. That's what I was getting. Yeah, it takes time. All of it takes time. Uh, you can do it the way Matt says it, where if you go to, if you've got one password installed and you've got the web browser add-on 
uh, install plugin installed as well. When you go uh, to a site and Apple Apple's keychain fills it in for you, one password will kick in and say, do you want me to remember this in future? And that's where you can say, yes, remember it now, but then go and change it. If you've got any simple passwords, change them. Yep. Because it literally takes, if you've got any passwords that are the same somewhere else, change them. It's a pain. It takes time. The best thing to do is just bite the bullet, spend a Saturday just doing it, and, and start with your most important ones, the ones that actually have your financial details on them. Now, you're going to have run into a few sites, normally like your bank. Oddly enough, I think my bank's got the weakest security thing going, but you know, it's 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 this. They get you to pick letters from your password rather than you know a complex phrase. So um, you can you can do it. it. It just takes time. It's a monotonous hell. <laughs> it's it just takes a lot of time to do. But really, in the long run, it's well worth it. And and things that have got two factor authentication. Turn them on as well. So turn the Google one on. Turn the Facebook one on. And there's apps on your phone like Orphi, for example, which will you. So you don't have to wait for a code to be text texted to you. It will automatically give you the code from the app. So you instant you can just edit, edit enter that. Sorry, as soon as it asks you because you've logged on from a new PC that, or machine that it doesn't recognize, it'll say, uh, "We sent you a six-digit code. What is it?" You can just look that up on something like Orphi and enter that, and you're in. And that makes it. You know, that's like belt and braces security, really. I've got, I've got that on a number of sites now. And once you've done it, you've done it. Then every time you go to a new site, you just tell 1Password to make you up the most outlandish password. And, you know, I like I said the other week, I have no clue what my passwords are now unless I go in and actually look at them in 1Password. I couldn't tell you, and I certainly couldn't type them in without going bonkers. You know, so, so it's all copy and paste from that point on. Uh, but they're secured and they're synced. You know, through and every you, single one is different. Yeah, yeah, and every single one's different. You can sync them through Dropbox. You can sync them through iCloud. And once you've done it, you're as safe as you can be. The only thing after that, the only thing after that is, if someone sends you an email, do not click on the link through the email. And even if you do, though, <laughs> with something like One Password, if the certificate for that site doesn't match their one they've, they've kept on record, it will not fill in the information. Because it sees it as yeah, a different site. So I mean, I've just gone into Keychain Access, clicked on passwords. I'm just looking through the sites that I've given a username and password to, and I'm actually going to be going through the weekend uh, and changing that. So yes, heartily, heartily, heartily recommended. And I'm not just saying that because I've got a review copy. Uh, it took me all of four, five minutes to go, oh, this is cool. This is brilliant. The only, th- the only time it really does suck is if you create a complex password, let's say for Netflix, you then go to your Apple TV and you've got to put in that password. Yeah. You, the good thing is you can actually, once you unlock one password on your iOS device, which you can do via Touch ID, which is really, really nice, you can go into that login and actually see that login. So you, yes. that's the only sort of downside. And also now I'm finding myself getting really agitated that more apps don't support 1Password as a login mechanism. You can also override, of course, whatever whatever 1Password gives you, you can override it if you so wish. You can enter your own password in. So if it is something like Netflix, you can, instead of like doing uppercase, lowercase numbers and stuff, you can put a passphrase in rather. So something's a lot easier to type. Or now, because of the voice option, you can just talk into it. And it will uh, input the the details, but uh, yeah, for s- things where you can't use a keyboard, they do become a pain. 
but you just you just think about them for a little while and you can normally get around those issues yeah it's also worth getting one password for your ios devices as well not just for your macs get it for your ipads and your, and your iphones and if you do go to agile bits which is the the website for the guys that do one password they actually do have a password tip section and the first one you come to is remotely using one password on the new apple tv oh fantastic um matt you if you got uh one password pro for your uh for your iphone uh yes i have because we yeah. i i use one password on everything because we've got uh, let me go and have a look in the notes here i think scott from our google plus community was asking is it worth the 7.99 and what do you get in the pro version i to be honest i've never had the standard version so i always went just for the full-fledged version from day one um so i honestly couldn't really tell you what the differences were between the previous and the pro um, it's, it's listed on their website. If you want the full, yeah, thing, just go to their just website. Having a look at the moment on their website to see if it gives a main breakdown of the differences. But personally, I would say for the sake of eight pound, it's a lot safer than losing all your data and having your system hacked. So don't, you know, don't worry about the fact that it's eight pound to get it. Just bloody buy it. Yeah, and it's like you got to buy a version for the Mac as well as iOS. So it does add up. A, you know, is a fair chunk of change. We, we know how much do you value initially. your own data but that's that what i was about to say yeah that's what you and i'm not doing an advert because they've not paid me anything or sent me a free thing i just legitimately enjoy well not enjoy but i see the need for this piece of software so if you haven't got it if you're listening for god's sake get this or get LastPass. you know if you if you must which is a lot cheaper but all web-based so i have to say i've never used LastPass. I did for a while. But yeah, definitely get one of these password managers. There's quite a few out at the moment, but ones I trust, one password. Also, I would definitely recommend, and this is very much turning into an advert for one password. I know, hurry up. I would also very much recommend one password families as well. You just beat me to it. If you look after the IT for your family, um, and also one password teams. So if you run an organization and you have a load of staff, that just takes a lot of the heartache out of it as well. So definitely I would recommend them across the board for home, work, family, the works. I should really wish I had my soundboard here so I can do Nelson Muntz going, ha ha. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. <laughs> and I have to say, I am not associated with 1Password in any way. I do know the guys, but I'm not associated this with This was only supposed to be like a two, three minutes blimey. Uh, what I would say, Scott, is if you go to blog.agilebits.com, and I'll put this in the community, uh, you can get a 1Password for Teams launch, which is very similar to 1Password Families, but they've got special pricing on there up to July 31st. So if you want to give it a try for Windows and OS X, you've got your... Uh, uh, you've got a discount option there, and I will be writing a review because I will be purchasing uh, One Password Pro for iOS purely because they come across as really good guys. I've answered some questions that I've got, and the software it's you know, we're so used to paying not a lot of money for stuff. Stop shilling, Canadian. Stop shilling. Have, it, it's <laughs> Canadian, you can't it's go the, wrong. It's with stop shilling, god dear. So, folks, if you think that Carl should be doing a show in the next couple of weeks, do leave us some feedback via Facebook, Twitter, or the Google Plus community. But no, he is right. We've got a crack on because we've been going on for bloody heck, 21 minutes. Right, so next Monday, hopefully I've got that right, it is the WWDC show from Apple. And, of course, all the rumours and all the predictions are coming out, but we're going to concentrate on one particular journalist's predictions. Well, that's actually, Mark, there's some news today, pre-WWDC. Is there? Because, um, yeah, Phil Schiller has been talking to a number of people, and they've 
there is going to be some differences in the App Store. They're going to move to a subscription pricing model. When did the a when did this come up? This is why people listen to you, Mark. You got your finger on the pulse of the tech world. <laughs> Some of us have to sweat behind the scenes, toiling away at the cold face of the, of the podcast production machine, relying on my colleagues That's in teamwork. I've just found the article really? here as well. Now, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so the that one time I'm having some food, I'm having some meat, and they drop a bombshell like this all day. I've been scouring the internet for stories. I go and have a Mark. You do realize there's an eight hour time difference, don't you, between here and Cupertino? Do you think the listeners want to hear what you eat for dinner or about the subscription? I can tell you, I had a very nice tandoori chicken uh, wrap with a bit of was homemade tandoori chicken wrap with a bit of yogurt and mint on the top, which is really nice. Bit of cucumber and a bed of lettuce. Actually, someone did tell me I, I'm picking on you too much, but I think what the hell it's fun. Yeah, and there's <laughs> a you. I haven't been on the show for a couple. Yeah, of <laughs> there's no Matt here. What can I do? Yeah, can I just say, folks, this, if you think he's picking on me now, this is pretty much just a normal occurrence. Because if you go to our YouTube video, Carl's done a really nice introduction <laughs> on how to leave a review, but I won't spoil the ending. But anyway, Carl, drop this major announcement then. Yes. Yeah, so what's what apparently has occurred is. Phil Schiller is out there doing the rounds, uh, and it looks like, well, from tomorrow, I think he said, that subscription models is going to be uh, adapted to the, all the apps, all the apps potentially in the App Store. Now, up until now, it's only things like magazines and videos and stuff that you could subscribe to uh, and then pay a monthly charge. But what they're going to do is they open it up to potentially all apps. So this means that some apps, for example, like... Um, was it OmniGraffle, was it? Uh, yeah, the OmniGraffle sets. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a, a really expensive app if you buy it one, you know, one time. It's like what, 20, 30 quid, I think, off the top um, of my head. Depending on which one you're looking at. If you're looking at OmniGraffle standard, you're looking at, I think it's £30 yeah. for the standard version or the pro which, version comes in at 70 Which makes most people look at that price tag and go, oh, oh dear, I'm not paying, I can't pay for that. But what, my, what they will be able to do from now on is. Um, offer a subscription level and there's going to be 200 price points that they can offer these subscriptions at it's apparently going to be easy very easy for developers to implement this uh they can there's three tiers but it doesn't go into explain what the three tiers are but it's bronze silver and gold it's territory based pricing as well so for these more developing markets like china and india developers can charge less than what they charge us here in the uk or the usa and um you can either do monthly or annual renewal periods. You can also do it every two months, three months, or six months as well. Now, initially, I read this and I thought, oh my God, what? No, why? I'm not going to pay subscription models for every single app I've got. Now, the potential is there for that to happen. If you get developers who just want to try and milk you for whatever money they can get, I'm sure they will get weeded out quickly. Right, because say for angry, you know, uh, Crossy Road, for example, say that developer <laughs> wanted to charge you two pound ninety nine every month. Chances are you're not going to go down that road and and purchase that app more for more than a month, for example. But uh, what it will also hopefully do though is these, you know, because we often lament about the fact with the iPad Pro, there's no really good like properly developed apps to take advantage of the MacBook Pro. For, uh, Sorry, the iPad Pro. And this is because the amount of money needed to probably fund a really decent and powerful app, they would just never see any comeback on that. They're, you know, People would look at, say, a $50 or a £50 price tag and go, oh, I'm not paying that. Oh, you'd be joking, are you? But if they, can, if they move to a subscription model, 
where they know they're going to charge, just like Microsoft and Adobe do, they can charge a couple of quid a month. And all the time you're using that, you just pay a couple of quid a month. Then it, it could open up their market to a much wider audience who are willing to try these apps or just use them as and when they need them. So there is a lot of opportunity for it to be abused, and I'm sure some developers will abuse it to begin with. But I think you know the market will find its own level playing field in the end as well and um so apps that actually are worth the money will will maybe thrive and continue to be able to produce updates and stuff like this whereas the ones that just want to make a quick buck will quickly fall to the wayside it's also hopefully just having a look through this article now just scanning through it uh, for subscriptions apple are only going to take 15 percent cut instead of the usual 30 percent so after a year, after, after a year, a year. So, after, so after first year, if you if you subscribe for more than a year, then as soon as you enter that second year, uh, Apple um, redo, redoes the um, the spread, so to speak, and that is, they are applying that now. So if you've got an app out and you move to a subscription model, if that's more than a year old, that will take effect immediately. This comes into effect as of Monday, so as of the thirteenth, so the first day of WWDC. And a lot of this is going to be based on developers themselves. So any developer can opt in or add this as part of their package. And I think the basis is by doing it so it releases on Monday and goes live from Monday is during that week when a lot of the devs are there and you've got all the engineers there. They can kind of sit down with them and go over the kind of the package systems and everything with the guys while they're actually there. So what do we think the positives of this going to be? Do we think we're going to get more people developing, like Carl said, maybe for the iPad, because now all of a sudden there's going to be recurring revenue? Will we get a new renaissance period of decently developed and apps that are continually developed? And if that's the case, what are they going to do about these apps that come along and have not been updated since 2014? Are they going to have a bit of a clear out? Well, possibly. That's the thing. We don't know. It's a case of just seeing what developers do with it. I mean, like I say, you'll, we all get people who abuse it and you'll get people who apply it in a you know constructive manner and, and a reasonable manner. And it'll just be a case of finding out. It'll be a case. But what it's allowing is all these developers that have gone on saying this is this is no this is ridiculous i'm charging x amount of money um and that's it i get a one-off chance and there's no incentive for them to continue you know as far as they can see to produce for ios i mean it's, i don't see any difference on android to tell you the truth and maybe android will come up with a different version somewhere down the line or their own version somewhere down the line but um it's 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 what apple are doing to try and keep their developers happy and you know, Apple without developers is nothing. It's their, it's their strongest thing. I mean, you know, the, these guys produce stuff far better software-wise than Apple does. Apple, it, they take the foundations that Apple gives them and they add just a whole new level of creativity to most of their apps, so much so that after a few years, Apple takes the ideas and implements it back into their own software. You know, it annoys some people. You know, it's called Sherlocking for example, but they, they they do it, but they don't do it instantly like a certain, certain software developers out there who are, they'll see an idea and the next month they'll implement that into their, their service. Like Facebook is notorious for it, for example. At least Apple gives them a few years to try and earn some revenue out of it and then they like say, oh, we'll take that. But uh, it would just be a case of wait and see. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to get totally worried about it yet. There will be people who take advantage but I'm sure there will also be enough, you know, conscientious developers who will just use it to apply 
um, apply it to their apps and sustain their model. And and if they don't, then they won't be around for long either. It does look like I mean, this does solve that interesting problem of how do you charge for an update? And I suppose by moving to a subscription, that seems to be a good way to do it. Matt, do you know how long the subscriptions last for? Is it only is, is it like a minimum of a year subscription? Yeah, it's a tier system. So you can do it monthly, every two months, every three months, every six months, or every year. It's entirely up to the developer. So suddenly it could get quite expensive to be updated on the internet. But we have been here before back when we used to just get software on a tape or a disc or a CD-ROM and you wouldn't get any updates. So hopefully if this brings a better quality also, of it's app, the way things are going, isn't it? It's the way things are going. I mean, look at Adobe. They've gone full subscription. Microsoft, although they are still have standalone packages for like Office, for Mac, they their biggest one that the one they push is always three six five. I I don't have a problem with. It. I I want developers to make money. I you know I was listening to on the My Mac show with Guy and Gaz this week, and they were talking about if you you know if you if you're not paying for the product, chances are you are the product. Now that's been around mm. for some time that statement, but it's it's fundamentally true. Someone somewhere has to be paid for their work, especially when it comes to app development. And you know if they're not getting the money from you, they're getting it from somewhere else. Now. You know, where that, if they're selling you, anonymizing your data and selling it to onto advertisers, that's one thing. But who knows exactly what people do? And I'd rather spend a little bit of money, you know, because true, I've got a lot of apps, but if every single one is nickel and diming me every month, then I'm going to have to be more selective, granted. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be like that, though, Carl. I think it's going to be more the high end ones. So you're right, because there's a lot of apps out there that would be amazing on the pro. But for the devs themselves, it isn't worth their actual time rewriting exactly. it to do it onto the pro. Exactly. Whereas this way is a subscription package. You want a subscription package to use it on the pro? Perfect. It's there. It's a couple of dollars a month and you get the full fledged version of it that you can use on the pro that uses its full capacity. And on that basis, you know, it, it's a perfect solution. And it just means that the devs themselves are making money on it at the same time, and they're not having to do it where they add an in-app purchase and something, which, let's face it, we all hate in-app purchases. It doesn't matter what mm-hmm. the app is. Mm-hmm. And it just takes away that kind of section of it. Because I most devs that I know don't like doing in-app purchasing. Yeah, They feel dirty just having to add it on there because they feel like they're kind of begging for extra money on top of something. And this way, it gives them that step where they have that subscription package option and they can make that next step across to say, right, you guys want these features added into it? Perfect. This will push this out. This will make it from that. It will refresh it. It will bring it back out into the charts. And because the subscription package as well, will also alter the chart dramatically just because as more people subscribe in and drop out and so on and so on, you're going to see the chart fluctuating so much more than we currently have. Oh, by the way, I just want to state as well, in in the actual statement, they're saying it's going to be a lot easier for you to unsubscribe yourself. If the mm. developer decides to change his money, like how much he's demanding, it will notify you of the fact, and you'll have the choice to either carry on or not use the service anymore. If they do not hear from you, it will automatically cut off the service. So mm. you will not be charged oh, any fantastic. additional fantastic. I absolutely hate that system where you must cancel in 14 days or you will be charged a full amount. I understand why they do it, but it, you do get a sense that a lot of business models are based on the fact that you as a human being are flawed and you will forget things. Uh, I know as it happened to me because I ended up with a T-Mobile subscription that I thought was only £12 a month. And after the first 12 months, they ramped it up to the full £36. 
but didn't tell me because when I took the contract out 12 months ago, small, small, small print to say, we will charge you the full amount after the first year. So it is a case of wait and see what they do, but it'll be interesting. It's a big shake-up for the App Store. Um, or it'll be, I'm imagining when this... Like the news has literally just broke as we started recording. So I'm guessing there'll be some backlash against this, but the proof will be in the pudding, so to speak. So we'll see how developers apply it. No, no. So if you've got, if you have got a high end app, let's say you've got, I don't know, let's call it a, a, a 20 pound app, then what, what, what do you think we're going to see? Are we going to start to see things like, well, what I want to do is I want to release this app to as many people as I can up front, get a subscription going to, to, to last maybe a year so at the end of the first year i've made what i would have made or are they gonna you know but how how does that from an app development point of view do you say well here's here's my do you even say here's my fully fledged all all bells and whistles app but i'm going to give it to the day one to the user for 11 quid and then i'm going to say but for 79p a month you get guaranteed updates but who who is then going to hang on for these updates? If if you're giving me the app for eleven quid up front, rather than getting the app for twenty quid up front, it's all like, then it's going to stop. It'll stop working. So it's up to you. It's like I say, how valuable are apps to you? And that's what we'll just have to find out. And it'll be like I say, how they price it and how they you know use it and how they sell it to us. Because you know, I I buy. I bought Word and I buy Adobe. I mean, I use them pretty much every month. But if I ever come to a month where I'm not using Word for six months, I'd cancel that that subscription and, and just take it up again when I need it. Subscriptions are a funny old thing at the moment anyway, because as I was just thinking about this, so you look at Netflix, which is seven, was it four ninety nine? now? Was it? Oh, no, sorry, six ninety nine a month. I forget because I'm paying in US dollars, so it's $7.99 a month for me. But then you get Apple Music, or which music actually costs more, but then you pay less than those two apps for Office and the same for Adobe. So there's like a like all the major players there are around about the same level. What I've started getting a little bit hacked off with, when you've got these apps that come in and they do less features, where they think they can charge the same amount. Now, admittedly, yes, they're smaller, but I think that's going to be one potential barrier and a bit of marketing that these new companies are going to have to look at and overcome somehow to say, okay, well, yeah, we're charging you almost as much as Office, but you got to remember that we're smaller, we'll be getting more updates, we'll be more nimble and agile, et cetera, et cetera. The marketplace will take care of that. I really believe mm-hmm. the marketplace will just level out the playing fields eventually. People will come in too strong, we'll just get no one will buy it. People will come in too low, maybe will go out of business if they don't find a model that's suitable for them. It's just the way it is. I mean, most people don't like paying for apps as it is now. So those people will not change the way they shop. Um, you know, if you don't want to pay for apps, fair enough, don't pay for apps. If you do want these people to stick around, you need to fund them some way. Time will tell. And I think with that, we've covered that one. So let's move on to the next story. As next week, as I said earlier on, we've got WWDC, which is on Monday. Uh, is it in five o'clock now or is it six o'clock? Because our time's... Because people are buying our times of law now. Uh, it'll be 6 p.m. UK time. Last time they'd had their, their their summer, their daylight savings, and that's why it messed it up last time. Yeah, uh, daylight savings in the US is two weeks before over here. So that's why last time it was at five. But yeah, this is back to 10 a.m. Cupertino time, 
or San Francisco time. And um, so for the UK, it'll be 6 p.m. Excellent. So pretty much I've got to do a man down. I'll, I'll get a day off. Well, I'll get the afternoon off. Mine as well. So what we're going to do, do mean, now... You won't be working, will you? So I thought oh, no, good point. By that point, you'll be fired. <laughs> a horrible reality sinks in. <laughs> Barry, I, I know how you feel now. That, that impending doom, you know, reminding <laughs> you that you're going to be on the scrap heap. I'll tell you what, um, Amazon are doing a fantastic range of pants to sit around the house in. <laughs> it's not, you didn't order it through Mark's account, did you? <laughs> I was about to say that. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I got Amazon Prime and a big bucket of tidy whities. Yeah, I bet you're primed. Yeah, the problem with the tighty white is, is when I get the next email saying, based on your following, based on, based on your previous shopping, we suggest this. Oh, they don't know diddly squat. Do you know how many times Apple has tried to sell me the same stuff that I've just bought? <laughs> many, many years ago, I bought an a- Amazon, X. I mean. I bought an X, a Jordan book. And it took me three years for that stupid <laughs> bloody woman's book to stop being recommended in my feed. There you go. You bought what? Don't ask, please. It was a oh, yeah. Let's let's move on. Blimey, talk about keeping the show ni- nice and tight today, right? So, as we all know, Mr. Mark Gurman seems to be the savior when it comes to Apple news and rumors and releases and getting all these little hands on uh, with all the kit that he gets and all his predictions. And a lot of people always seem to think that he's bang on the money and a well-trusted source, and you know his product, his predictions are right more than they are wrong. So they are. <laughs> well, yeah, they are when they're blinking obvious. Like reports that WWDC will be software only. He had the MacBook, the new MacBook, a lot a long time before that was anyone else had that. And everyone was saying, like, oh, this is going to be terrible and stuff. And of course, it comes out. Yeah, but and some one people out of ten does not make you a No, no, no. He's, he's got, he, has, he has got a good track record. So based on a podcast of the Jay and Farhad show, he came out with a load of predictions. I thought, well, as a bit of a laugh, we haven't got a quiz this time around. We'll go through a few of the predictions and see what, see what he's come up with. Have a bit of a talk about that. And then next week after the announcement, oh, that reminds me, if, if you're going to be watching the dive grass, when are we going to be doing the show next week? Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a Thursday. What? We do our show on a Wednesday. You said you're out on Wednesday. Thursday. No. You said you'd be off Thursday, which means that you'll be off. Th- I'm going to be out Wednesday. No, he said it's on Thursday. He'll be off on the Friday, so he can't drive on the Friday. Well, Thursday and Friday I'll be off. But carry on. Listeners don't care. Carry on. People tune in for this. People actively <laughs> spend time and listen to this. Thank you, by the way. Right, let's go for a few WWDC predictions from the Oracle of German. Well, first of all, on the podcast, he dropped a bombshell, a big one, this, that WWDC for developers will be software only. No new hardware at WWDC. Anyone surprised? Well, yeah, because a lot of people up until recently, and it was uh, Rene Ritchie that originally, as far as I know, broke the fact that there'll be no hardware, is people were saying there'll be a new MacBook Pro or there'd be a Siri, a piece of hardware for Siri. Um, and there was lots of ideas starting to come up about it, about hardware and things. So, you know, um, apparently Mark's got good contacts and Rene Ritchie have got good contacts. And I heard on MacBook Weekly, Andy and Echo said something similar, is they are not hearing or the, the things that were supposedly going to be presented, like a new MacBook Pro possibly, and a few other things, they are not ready. So Apple is just not going to show off something that's not ready. And uh, that's fine. I mean, I, I don't. it's no rush, is it? It's not ready. It's not ready. They've always got, you know, in a few months' time, 
when they do the iPhone announcement, they can just add it there. If it's just a spec bump anyway, then they don't need to announce anything. They just push up an update on their website. There you go. And the press release, done. There's the new uh, MacBook Air, Airs have now got the latest chip in. Knock yourselves out. Well, yeah, last year they didn't have any hardware, though. And I don't recall the year before, did they? Because I had a quick look and I couldn't see anything. WWDC is about software. It's about devs. It's about the developers getting together. And, yeah, the WWDC keynotes, or the one that the public gets to see on the Monday morning, is primarily software. And it's kind of a public opening and little kind of snapshot of what's coming and what's going to be done with the new versions of the iOS and the Mac OS and everything from there. Yes, sometimes there has been hardware that's been done with it as well, but it's not it's not a given, put it that way. And we shouldn't expect, it's, it's kind of weird because it's easy to do. You just look at the Apple product line and all the, they don't have that much still. If you look at what Apple actually produces, it's still not that much. And it's easy to look through and there's sites that tell you when the last thing of that model was released. So you can say, oh, it's been over a year since a new MacBook. Obviously, a new MacBook Pro will be coming. Obviously, a new Mac Pro will be coming. Obviously, a new, um, their network system hasn't been updated for ages. It should be a new one of them. It's very easy just to cherry pick these things out and, and write a quick report. I've heard rumors, mm. you know, people familiar with Matter have done this and they're saying, this. and the problem is that the, the reason it's an issue is not because the things do not come out. If they're not ready, they shouldn't come out. Right? It's the fact that people read the rumors and think that these people have real insight and real leads. And, and of course, and they've they got nothing. It. It's, it's vapor. It's, they've got nothing. And then they expect it, And like Matt says. And then when Tim Cook or Schiller or whoever else doesn't announce it, Apple's failed to ship the new iPad Pro. It's misrecord. <laughs> you know, they, it's, it's ridiculous. And it's our... It's not necessarily our fault. It's our fault for believing it, maybe. But, you know, these people... It's and It's a shame interpretation. You, it's a shame you picked on Mark Gurman, because I think he does a pretty good job. But there's analysts out there that you could have easily picked on and come up with some of this nonsense that they've come out with over the last few months. And we should be lampooning them, <laughs> because, you know, they're the ones that have said, yeah, like, but- the Siri hardware and stuff like this. And, you know, all they did, basically did is watch everything Google I.O. did the other day and said, oh, Apple should be able to do this as well. You know, it's, the, it's crazy. It's not like I'm picking on him. It's just like when he's on the show and, you know, someone says, oh, what are your predictions? And he just comes out with the obvious. It was like, well, hang on a sec. You know, where is where is this oracle-ness? It's all... It's all well, what, what, do you, what do you want him to do? Well, what do you want him to do? Come out with complete nonsense that's not going to be announced. If they, yeah, but it's, my point is, everyone says that he always gets the majority of his predictions right. Now, that's fair enough. But when you're predicting the obvious, like, well, tomorrow's going to be Thursday, but it, maybe it won't be, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, then of course he's going to have like an awesome track record, like saying, but oh, then, there's going to be four what, new operating you... systems at a WWDC thing. Well, so far, he's 100% but, right. Yeah, but, so, but if you, he's... But that's what I'm saying. Well, what do you want him to say? If they've invited him onto a show and then they ask him what his are his predictions, what can he give you apart from his predictions? If there's a question there is, what predictions is he going to have? But then when they tie it into a story like, oh, yeah, he broke an exclusive, maybe like on, let's say, a new bit of hardware, and then they say, oh, he's been amazingly right throughout the past. Yeah, it's technically true, but it's just, I just feel it's a little bit disingenuous. It's like, you know, I'm, basically what I could do is make all the obvious assumptions like next year, 
the iPhone's going to be faster. And then after that prediction, I can write an article saying I've been 100% right in all my predictions. Does that give me the same credibility? Yeah, because he's never done that. In the past, he is not the person doing those rumors. He's doing the rumors about brand new things that no one else has got. Other analysts are, are doing the things about the smaller, slimmer, faster, lighter. They're the ones that are doing the, the harm, as far as I can see, in, in these. And even like the, the, you know, the, the company that he's left, the, 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 um, the, the website he left, 9to5Mac, as soon as he's gone, they've started producing the same stuff. And, you know, unless it's got his name on the byline, I tend to just ignore it. Um, there's a few people I trust for their rumors because they've got a good past record. Anyone with an analyst, financial analyst, I just forget about them. They're a complete waste of space. They are the ones that do, like I say, it'll be lighter, faster, stronger, higher, more, you know, what nonsense. But, you know, Isn't that a Mark, punk song? Yeah, probably. But Mark German has a really good track record. I mean, he doesn't always get the dates right because Apple's Apple and it's not released until it's released. You cannot miss a shipping date if you've never given one. If, you know, like he got, if I remember correctly, he did get the MacBook shipping date slightly wrong. It was a month later. But okay, I'm not going to put his feet in the fire over that. He, he still got, you know, he had all the mock-ups and everything, what it would look like, and it was virtually spot on. Yeah, but that, that's okay. Yes, I'm not, I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing the fact he does break some exclusives. Why he got the TV, Apple TV, the refresh of the Apple TV. He got that virtually spot on. The thing is, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not decrying the fact that he does get some things really, really right. But when they start sort of tying in the, his obvious, his obviousness with his exclusives, for me, it just makes me feel he's not lacking credibility. It just feels a bit disingenuous or a bit. I don't, I don't, I honestly do not see it. If they've asked him onto a show, if Apple were doing the WWDC on Monday, which they are. Right? And they are going to announce these things that he's listed. What more can he say? If he starts saying, oh, yes, they are going to bring out um, a glowing glitter ball, which will have an Apple logo on, and they're not, he can't say that. If, if Apple are literally just doing some few uh, knockups to photos, if they're doing a slight music redesign, Apple music redesign, if they're releasing some you know, various kits for developers, if they're doing some stuff with iMac, what can he give? What can he say? Apple are going to do if that's what he knows Apple are going to do. He did say on that very podcast that he's not written a piece this time because he's not 100% sure of what exactly they're going to announce. He's just, these are like big areas. Like, you know, he says uh, Apple Music redesign, but he he has gone into a bit more detail in the past, but he doesn't so much on this, on this, um, on this piece, on this show, for example, is very vague and very out there. Now, all I'm saying is, is if you if you sort of like starting to spear him for what he's saying on this particular show, that's not really his fault. It's Apple's fault of what they're going to announce. And if they didn't get stuff ready, they didn't get stuff ready. And we can't, you know, if you want to go down the, the road of rumors that Apple are going to should be producing a MacBook Pro on Monday and they don't do it, then who's wrong? I mean, they obviously are working on one. I mean, we can all take that for granted. They're not going to stop making, oh, we're done. App, MacBook Pro, done. Can't, that was it. Perfect last time. We're not ever updating it ever again. So they obviously are working on the next version. It's just when it will be ready to show to the, you know, the public. And until they give us that date, then you know, you can't, they've, never, they've not missed the shipping date. If they haven't given you a shipping date, 
they haven't missed it. And what these analysts, not necessarily Mark Gurman, but definitely some of the other ones do, is they give you all this information. And this is exactly what Apple will be announcing on Monday. And everybody watches it. And everyone gets disappointed because most of the fantastic, fantastical things were never announced. And that's not Apple's fault. That's people who are priming the well's fault. And it's our fault for listening to it and believing this is what's going to happen. You know, if Christmas is no fun, if you go and sneak a look at all your presents the night before, and if you sneak a look at other, someone else's presents that nothing to do with you, and you open up your presents on, on Christmas morning, and you've got none of that stuff, then you're even more disappointed. I think that's, 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 a, that's a good point. I, I'm, I'm a fan of Apple tech, you know, otherwise I wouldn't, wouldn't be on this show. But I don't, I don't actually bother until, until WWDC actually comes around or an, an Apple event comes around, I, I don't really pay heed to anything that, that people are saying in the press because it, 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 it could be, you know, it could be things like, like Mark said, it could be things that are blatantly obvious, which people are regurgitating. There could be people who have got insider information that are producing something that for people to talk about, but, you're not going to, as, as a as an end as an end user as an end person. You're not going to know. So why? It's like it is like Christmas. It's like why build yourself up? Why? They, oh, I hope I get a train set. I'm re- oh no train set. I'm bitterly disappointed. So I, I tend not to not to bother with it. And for that, like to use the Christmas analogy again, means that on the day I get the surprise, and I like that. I'll get you one better, Baz. You don't get a train set, you blame Hornby. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. This is this is what happens every event. There'll be a bunch of people on Tuesday. That was the most boring event ever. And, you know, it possibly could be. I, I, you know, I'm not a fortune teller. I can't tell what's going to happen. But, you know, these the people, <laughs> it, always make, it always cracks me up because the people who, are, who tend to say this is really boring, you actually know they know nothing about development. And it's it's fine. They're perfectly entitled to an opinion. Of course, everybody's entitled to an opinion. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But which sometimes I've heard people say, "Oh, you know, nothing was done. They only done this, this, and this." And you you talk to a developer and you think, "Do you know how much work needed to go into it to do that?" They've got no idea. To them, it's just a, an icon change or it's something that's gone on visually at the front of the the I/O because that's all they know. They don't know the computer engineering that went on behind it. And it's always astounding to me that these people pontificate, that was a boring thing. Apple didn't do this. Apple didn't do that. And at the same time, you think, you know nothing about this. I, 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 go, I, I admit, I know nothing about programming. But I can look at something and say, wow, that was a, a lot of work went into that behind the scenes. Because you can just tell. You know, the fact if it's pouring, pulling in lots of data from various places and somehow tracking that to you individually and sharing you and pumping you this data. It's amazing what things, you know, everybody screams about iTunes being a complete lump, right? But if you actually think about everything iTunes does, it's astounding. It doesn't go wrong more often. And just because people don't like the interface or, you know, it's to become too complicated for them, right? For God's sake, just think about what that thing is doing. That is Apple servicing everything Apple does goes through that one app. They can't pull things out of it and just fix them because 
Look at everything that rely, everything relies on iTunes. And that's why it's a bit of a mess. You cannot just pull a section out and plant another section in. And Apple have probably got some wonderful software engineers and very talented. They haven't got all the software engineers because, you know, Facebook and Microsoft and whoever else also offer loads of money. So they have to make do with what they got. And, you know, they can't, for example, they can't do anything that will suddenly make iTunes stop working because it's taking in millions and millions of dollars for them every single day. And, and this is the same with all of their software. It's all got, it will have bugs. The new version will have bugs, and then everybody will scream and loud and say, this has gone wrong. Well, the thing is, no one's ever complained about a software update that's a bit more stable uh, and has a few more features, really. No, because they won't. They won't. They won't, because there's no... You know, there's no joy in that, really. It's just the way it works. That's how they expect things to work. Everything, you know, if you've been in computers for any length of time, you know these things are incredibly complicated. And it's just not nowadays, in the last few years, for example, there's this nice user interface sheen over everything. So, you know, the common man can use computers and not feel intimidated. But if you actually dive a little bit under the skin, they're still incredibly complicated things. But that, that's that's happening in um, the enterprise as well, and yeah. so, so I know like like firewalls, for example. So firewalls have had GUIs for years and years and years, but generally networking kit is CLI. And whenever, you know, obviously, I've been in networking a long time, not in it anymore. <laughs> when, well, yeah, <laughs> not yet. But when when I see if someone says to me, "Well, here's a." Um, Here's your network switch, um, and we're running a web server on it. And here, here you go. This is how you connect to the GUI. And I have a, I have a little cry inside because I, for networking, I think that the CLI is was always the thing. But that's probably me coming from you know like the ZX eighty one ZX Spectrum days where you were, you know, you were typing all this stuff that yeah that did something. That, but that's like that, any operating system, isn't it? The second you stick a GUI into it, you're just simplifying it for the idiots out there. No, I won't call it. It's not a case of calling them idiots. It's, it's, it's just users, right? It's all right, you're dumbing it down. You, that, different, you are dumbing down. It's different classes of users with different, you know, aspects and different skill sets. And, you know, it's just something we've come to use, technology. I'm not saying that we should be letting off app, Apple of every single mistake it makes. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is when people watch, you know, what's, what's shown off and and not just at apple events not just at wwzc or the iphone announcement but at google io the facebook one its name completely escapes me at the moment at the microsoft one and you know people just go oh it's boring isn't it and you just think my god you don't deserve any of this stuff you're using now because if you want to, it's just so complex what these people are trying to do every day. And yes, they're well paid for it. But that's the point, isn't it? People just expect it now. They expect it to be the norm. They don't think of the hours and hours and hours it's taken just to write code, just to get it so that your app sits in a certain no. way on the front screen of your phone and stuff like that. 90% of people don't realise. We're all now just precious little snowflakes. And if the world doesn't bend to me, then the world's messed up and it needs to be fixed. Right, and it's just annoying. It's just—I don't know how I went off on this tangent. Sorry about this, Mike. But it's just one of those things. It's just that I know. I just know that on Tuesday or Monday evening, midday, whatever, we're going to get a load of people say, "Oh, that was boring." No matter what they announce, or they didn't announce this, so they're falling behind. Or Apple hasn't made like done this thing, so they're falling behind Google. Or they haven't done that thing, so they're falling behind Facebook. 
and it's just i just i'm 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 really every year it upsets me a little bit more and i just don't know i mean i don't know what people want it's it's crazy i mean we want apple to be the all singing all dancing thing but it's never been like that it's people's look back at an apple with rose tinted spectacles i really think they do we don't live in that world we live in the world of how people can develop these things and and some of the things that supposedly mark german has said that they're going to do i'm really looking forward to because there's some like nice little things in there which i am seriously looking forward to um i don't i know i spent so much time on this opening diatribe i'm afraid mark but do you want to move on to some of the other features or yeah may as well uh right <laughs> blimey <laughs> so that so that was the first thing so reports it will be software only Ultimately, moving on to, to the bring second this all bullet back point. on track it's a developers conference so yes. it's fundamentally to do with the ios and the the webex and everything from there it isn't hardware it is a software conference it's a software keynote fundamentally and that is what it's for. It's to give an eye-opener to the general public before the doors then close from the afternoon events and it goes into much more depth for the developers that are there and the ones that are watching it from outside. So we've almost gone through one of the 12 bullet points we've got here. Uh, let's just... No, the others, not as, <laughs> the others are not as big. So well, I don't know. Fine. I'm a bit bloody scared to ask you now what you think about markup coming to the I system. I think we should turn Carl's mic off. I am... Um, well, markup's good. I mean, of course, it's been in the email um, on Mal, obviously. Have you ever for, used it? I, I know okay. I never have. Yeah, yeah. No, well, that's the point, isn't it? No one really – it's not very discoverable, but it is there. Um, there are lots of other third-party photo apps that allow you to do this, like add text, add little shapes, do call-out things, add stickers and things like this. So, you know, photos have been out for a, a fair while. It's gone from strength to strength to strength. Some people still don't like it. They still say it lacks some of the functionality of iPhotos. I, I'm not too sure myself. I, I kind of like it, the fact it all syncs up everywhere. If, if, you, if you're one of those people who wants to put stars around people's faces or texts, then great. And it'll be a lot easier, hopefully, for you to do that from whenever it's released later in the year. Barry, are you a, uh, a marker-upper? I mean, I suppose that, well, that's what you'd be doing now in your time of your career you'll be creating flick books and annotating things and when the kids come around you'll have the book to go oh this is what i used to be a network engineering oh yeah we, we didn't have we didn't have 10 base t then we had to do token ring <laughs> <laughs> no no i'm not I'd, i i think um I'll, I'll i'll if i take a picture picture's a picture and I'm not gonna not gonna muck about with them. He's too busy sitting in his rocking chair on the veranda knitting. That's what that's the thing. <laughs> Going, oh, remember the days. Oh, let me tell you a story. There was there was there was this one time on this network and we had horrendous latency. It was oh 78 milliseconds in. Oh, how we laugh. So I I have got a very, very quick networking story for you, because this I just I, I was I was gobsmacked. So I was talking to um talking to a server guy. And he said, oh, "My my um my RDP connection to to this server is um is 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 pretty bad. It's it's, it's not very good at all." I said, "Okay." He said, "But to this one, it's fine." So I think yeah, there's some sort of network problem. I said, "Okay, where's?" And we were sitting in London. I said, "Where where's that server?" He went, "That's in London." I said, "Where's that one?" He went, "Germany." I said, "Okay, London <laughs> is where we are. Germany is far." 
you know, speed, speed of light hasn't what's, changed. What's that thing on, on Father Ted where he goes, these cows, oh, the little toy cow, are near. Oh, those yeah. cows are far. far away. Not just very small. Right, you know what? Let's take a bit of a break. We're going to be back after Nemo's Hardware Store. We're going to be talking a little about uh, Apple's music design refresh, maybe. We're going to be back in like a minute or so. <laughs> Wait, tell well, I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll, what we'll do, we'll skip WDC and we'll go straight on to the iPhone 8 because everyone's talked about an iPhone 7, <laughs> so you might as well just skip that one. Yeah. John, over to you. Nemo's Hardware Store welcomes the A-Data Company. And they have a special website, adata.com slash en slash Apple. These are designed exclusively for iPod, iPhone, iPad, and Mac devices with total quality and reliability, attractive design, enhancing the fun and efficiency of your life on the move. They sent us a bunch of stuff for review, and I'd like to begin with the three most humble products and also mention the most extraordinary that we will discuss in a follow-up coverage. The three most humble products, but also the most important on a day-to-day basis, are Sync Charge Cables. Comes in six or seven different colors. It's a lightning cable with a lightning at one tip and a regular flat USB at the other tip, just like you get from Apple when you buy your iPhone or your iPad. But they do come in multiple colors. It's 100 centimeters, so this is the A-Data Sync charge cable made for iPod, iPhone, iPad, 100 centimeters long, comes in black, white, blue, red, gold, silver, and I'll have the prices for these and the other products at the end of our comment. Now, the exact same cable, sync charge cable, this time is made out of aluminum. The tips are aluminum, so it's more heavy-duty and has a beautiful woven fabric cable instead of the plastic-on-plastic cable. So whereas the first ones that come in a bazillion colors are all fused plastic with the traditional tips, this is aluminum for the housing. Sync charge cable aluminum. And the length of this one is also 100 centimeters. We will have the links for all of these plus the full Apple series exclusive for Apple from A-Data on our show notes for this show, which I believe is number six. The final product in the Sync Charge Cable is a two-in-one. It has the USB at one end, and it has the lightning as an insert that goes on top of a micro-USB. Some of you have seen these before. The micro-USB is the standard tip at the end of the plastic housing. Then there's a little loopy thing, and the lightning slots into that. So you get two cables for the price of one. That's the A-Data Sync Charge Cable 2-in-1. This one is white, and the one that I got that was aluminum is sort of a soft brushed pink aluminum. This is an international company, so when you go to their website, you'll have to log into the country or the region that you're in and then find the shopping links. I navigated to Amazon in the USA to just give us a frame of reference. Plastic cables are in a four-pack for $16. Wow, that's only $4 each. So I would recommend getting a four-pack. Those are the plastic ones. The two-in-one cable that I mentioned last, those are $16.24 on Amazon in the USA. So you pay a little bit more, but you definitely get greater functionality. And the aluminum cables are $10. The best bet is definitely getting that four-pack for $16. Now, I mentioned at the beginning that these are the most humble, and I'm going to end 
with a teaser about the most extraordinary product from A-Data. I am currently adding 256 gigabytes of storage to my MacBook Pro. It also works in any MacBook that has an SD card slot. The product is called the A-Data i-memory storage expansion card for MacBook Air 13-inch. But trust me, it works with any MacBook that has an SD card slot and also any Macintosh that has an SD card slot. The A-Data developed it for the Air because the Air has such puny built-in storage. But in my case, my 500 gigabyte MacBook Pro is full, so this 256 gigs SDXCI memory storage expansion card for MacBook really comes in handy. There's three capacities, 64, 128, and 256 gigabytes. The 256 gigabyte A-Data iMemory SDXC for MacBook Air is $155 in the U.S. The 128 gigabyte model is $63 in the U.S. And I don't see the 64 gigabyte model, so I will have to look that up. But you get the basic idea of how little you will have to spend to get tremendous storage expansion on your Macintosh. Thanks for listening. Until next week, that's it from Nemo's Hardware Store. Thank you, John, once again for taking the time out to review those bits for us. And thank you to A-Data for sending them in to John. They don't only come for into the size for the Mac B- MacBook 13-inch. They come in all other sizes and capacity sizes as well. And of course... You'll be able to find all that and more on our show notes with our Amazon link. And yes, here comes the plug. If you want to support the show and you don't feel like making a donation or you don't want to use the Patreon or send the PayPal thing or whatever, whatever, all you have to do, shop at Amazon, use our link. Because what happens is you click on our link, you go shopping and whatever you buy, we get a very, very small kickback from and it all goes back into the show. So I can buy a microphone boom arm, for example, that doesn't keep falling over and causing me have to do loads and loads of editing. To give you an idea, you know, we do have, yeah, we do have quite a few costs of running the show, but we do it because we're out of fun. So it's entirely up to you if you want to use our Amazon link or not. Where were we? All oh, right, we haven't got past the second story yet. So we'll rattle through a few because we've got a bit of uh, fan feedback or listener feedback to listen to. We're not going to see a Thunderbolt display refresh. Contradictory to what 95Mac had said. Anyone surprised? No. Slight design improvements in iOS. Anyone surprised? No. Uh, Apple Music could be getting a bit of an upgrade, but I don't know. Is this really a developery type thing, Matt? Yes, it's software. Yeah, but it's music. Basically, I mean, if it's but, but for the average user. Well, yeah, because obviously the average user still has to work within it. My point is though, right? Apple Music is an app, but for developers. Unless they're going to do some SDK or third-party integration, why would you want to know about this in WWDC? Well, we're not talking about so much as in WWDC. We're talking about in the main public keynote that is done on the actual Monday morning. So this isn't so much for the devs that are there for the you know for the actual the week and their integration with their own apps and everything from there. This is more for the general public that will be kind of tuning in to kind of see what new stuff is being done by Apple for the iOS and for the OS itself. Carl, do you think they're going to spend much time on Apple Music at a WWDC conference? I don't think it'll be much time, but what they did do, um, they did open it up a little bit. 
uh, a few weeks ago, didn't they? So now you can use things like um, Workflow to bring in Apple Music stuff. And they did open it up to developers to a certain extent so they could link in to Apple Music. Now, as soon as they do that, that might make it more interesting to developers. If they can suddenly pull data from Apple Music and, and like, as long as it's like, like um, authorized, for example, with your password and stuff, if they can pull that information in and then start developing their own apps based on the Apple Music infrastructure, then, yeah, that could be, could be interesting to some developers who want to do like alternative music apps, for example, because there's a lot of ha- hatred for the complexity of the current Apple Music app. And, you know, the idea is that Apple are, are going to make it more simplified using black and white instead of all the color everywhere uh, and make the album art a big thing. But there will still be people who will not like that look or who currently like the, the current look. And then the new look will be a, a disjointing experience for them so if they are opening up more to developers then yeah apple music is quite valid to be bought up at a developer's goal barry will you miss the connect tab so you can keep in touch with all those young popular hip bands that you like to look around and keep on tabs on to go to their gigs and stuff no i've you know i've, I've so i've on on the connect app i think i've followed um red hot chili peppers and iron maiden and that was that was pretty much before I got bored of it. But I think what what would be what would be interesting is if the Connect piece is going away, but Apple Music opens up. I'm wondering if you're you're then going to start getting. I know again, I, I haven't checked the App Store to see if any of the, any of this sort of stuff exists already. But um, like band band related apps, like the Iron Maiden app, for example. So instead of Connect, you've got you you have an app that does that for yeah we'll we'll find all that information for you like if you, I think there's probably there must be a Manchester United app or a, or a, or Spurs app or you know for for football teams so maybe the you know the exposure of some of this data will will start to to help people with you know having having an Iron Maiden app maybe that drives you to get recommendations for similar music. In that way, have either of Matt and Carl have any of you connect? Because thank you, I don't think I've ever ever been in it because it is, is basically going the way of ping, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, I, when it came out initially, I did use it because I thought it was really good. The way they sold it, I thought it sounded quite interesting. Of course, I forgot to take into account the fact that Apple didn't bother <laughs> really explaining it that well to that many uh, artists, of course. So there was no reason for them to carry on using Facebook and to use Connect. It, it apparently became very tricky for artists to actually post stuff. And as far as I'm aware, Apple never corrected that or made it much easier for people to, say, easily record a, pho- uh, a video on their phone and then just pump that into connect you had to go through a whole rigmarole of gateways and you know the whole nonsense about basically i think it was some kind sounded kind of similar to how when developers push an app into the app store all that rigmarole they have to go through if it had just literally been so simple because it's all in the apple ecosphere uh say for example um taylor swift she wanted to record a video for her fans turn her phone on record a five-minute piece of dialogue or whatever or a quick little thing and with a press of a button that got linked up to her connect account and it was out there that i think would have made it a much more viable alternative to things like facebook because because the thing about facebook is love it or loathe it is virtually everybody's on it so you only have to do this thing once and taylor swift you know she's she's fantastic at social media again whatever you think of her music 
at social media, she is absolutely, she plays a blinder. Um, and it's just a shame that Apple didn't make it much easier for artists to use Connect. Matt, what about from your point of view? Have you ever been a connector or a pinger, or are you just sort of hoping that if they do discontinue the service, then they can actually put those engineers elsewhere? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I tried ping when we kind of had the ping as well, and that didn't last very long, and I kind of stopped using that. And the same with Connect. I, you know, I set it up and I yeah, linked that across with a few bands and that kind of stuff when it first came out. And then I noticed that the only person that was ever really pushing anything across it was Trent. So uh, Trent Mesner, who obviously had access to it because he helped design it. Um, so yeah, again, it's something I haven't really been back on uh, for ages within Apple Music. So yeah, it's one of those things that has kind of slowly died a death. Like I said, it has become, it's become too tricky to access it and use it for the artists themselves when they can literally just do a quick video set and push it directly out to Facebook where all their fans are already there rather than having to have their fans go and look for them, subscribe to them, set them up, connect to it and everything else. By the way, I just want to say, I do. I realise I just said then they should have made it a much easier, and Matt said it, a much easier way for them to, to be able to post stuff. Shortly after saying, we constantly say how easy it is for people to do these, developers to do these things, and then I, exa- I did exactly the same thing. Yes, I am aware of it. <laughs> it's true, though. You know, yes, it is easy for devs, or we say it's easy for devs to kind of actually put bits and pieces through when there is a lot of coding work that goes with it. But in the same sense... The idea is that the devs do all the hard work, so the independent users that don't understand how much work goes into it can do it with a couple of clicks and it's done. Connect isn't that way. Agreed. The next story we're going to come to is one that Barry is hopefully going to be interested in because obviously, you know, being at home all day, waiting for people to ring on your door and the old double-glazing salesman to come around... Barry might have some company because rumours are that Siri is going to be coming to the back. So you'll be able to control your text, do calls, emails, and everything like that you can do more and more or less on the iPhone from your Mac. Barry, are you a talker to your phone? Do you interact with Siri other than saying set a three-minute timer to make your favourite boiled egg? Not at all. And I know I know that... Are you surprised? No, it, it's, just, it's just not not something i've ever done and it's nothing that that <laughs> there's it's just i don't know it just doesn't occur to me it, it's just not i know you get it on it's on the apple tv now as well but it's i've never i've never even considered it really you know every every now and again if, if i hold my home button too long and it pops up you know talk as i'll like, oh, go away what <laughs> What are you doing? Why, why? Why do I need to talk to you? What do I? I can I can just press here and click here and do exactly the same thing. So I don't know. I maybe maybe I'll catch up one day. As you say, when when uh, dementia creeps in and <laughs> I want someone to talk to, then uh, maybe maybe that that's that will be um that will be what will go on. I'll, I'll invite people and go. Hey, hello. Have, have you met City? Your slight problem there is that when you start hitting dementia, you won't be able to go. Oh, play that film with 
nothing in it. You know, the, 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 it's got the man <laughs> and the bridge in it. You know, that film, play that film. That's when you know AI is really going to work because then, then obviously you're talking about Die Hard 4. See, by that point, you possibly will be able to because Siri will have developed by that point to the, you know, to the intelligent level where you can say that and she understands it. But have we all missed the simple fact that Barry's on a podcast with us here and barely speaks a word in it. And you're asking him, is he going to use Siri on an everyday occurrence to talk to his actual phone that's, and his other devices? That's probably because he blows himself out all day using drang dictate talkers to computers. So by the time he gets onto this show, he's just a hollow shell of a man. He just goes, all right, Barry, how are you? I'm all right. Now, I think, I think when, when the more and more... Um, the more and more big data gets pulled out of all your all your iOS devices, you're going to get to a point where you will be able to say that the film, the film with the 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 bald the bald fella and the the police car and the helicopter, and it will be playing Die Hard Four. Don't know if I don't know if I I would actually quite be quite happy if it wouldn't play Die Hard Four, but at least it's not as bad as Die Hard Five, whatever that monstrosity was called. By the way, they survive at the end. <laughs> you can't do that. So it's like my reviewing policy on the website. I very, very re- rarely review rubbish. But if it is rubbish, I'm going to make sure that everyone knows how rubbish it is and then basically spoil it. Oh, it's his son as well. Guess what? Father and son make it up at the end as well. You're just giving away plot lines now. They won't let me on the airwave show. That's why. What else have we got? Any other stories on here that anyone else gets grabbed about? Um, the I quite like the rumor of iMessage allowing to send money to people using Apple Pay. Yeah, they've they put all the things in place, so there's probably no reason why you would not be able to have something where you can send someone else who's also got all the same security features um, money because you know you can do it via PayPal at the moment uh, and there's a service in the States which we haven't got over here that you can use it Barclays have had it for a while so it only makes sense that now Apple have got into Apple Pay that you sh- you, you know you can have this uh, this um, this feature but one of the things I'm looking forward to this is not going to be announced but the idea of when you you can use Apple Pay and ATM ATM so banks are now currently working on um, near field communication like automatic tellers so when you walk up with your card you just place your card next to it and pick the money without having to put your pin in where someone looking over your shoulder with a little camera can spy what you're doing so that would be another handy feature once we get you know once these things start to come out into the world but yeah I don't I don't see what any reason why you know now they've got the fingerprint now they've got the secure enclave now they've got our credit cards literally in the phone it seems um, where if I had to send Matt 20 quid, I could just say, here you go, dude. And either I tap his, my phone against his phone or I send an iMessage or something. Yeah, you don't want to do it when you're drunk. But then that's the same with like an ATM. You don't want to get 250 quid out of an ATM and then go to Spearmint Rhino, for example. Why not? <laughs> see, I can't, I can't see this being done through iMessage, I'll be honest. Well, no, maybe. I can see maybe this not. being peer-to-peer where it's Apple Watch to Apple Watch. You tap the watches together and then it transfers, but not so much in the sense through iMessage. You want to go back to bump? No, it's it's just near field. People say bump because it sound it's something you can easily describe, but you don't have. No, he's on about an app. There was an app called Bump. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, yeah, for kind of sending info. It's info rather than money. Um, It's like ping it. Ping it is the same kind of principle where you can just push it across, which is a Barclays thing. Uh, through your phone to other people's accounts. I can see this going down that kind of route 
But yeah, where you literally, you fire up Apple Pay on your watch, you tap it to somebody else's watch and you transfer the money across that way. Can I just go back to Siri a minute? Because you didn't, you didn't ask me about Siri. I just you know, want to point out. Yeah, that, oh, was, no, that Barrow, was on purpose, I think. Like, oh, okay. No, because Barry was going on and on. You couldn't get any word in edgeways. We're trying to keep the show down to three hours. That's, I think that was on purpose, Carl. Uh, d- oh, okay. At the start okay. of the show, we go, right, we'll try and keep it down to an hour. We're at one twenty-five. Go on then, Carl, final word on Siri. Well, it's not final. I mean, like, because everyone's going on about Google's home, for example, and Alexa uh, in the States, for example. But, um, yeah, Siri has, well, since it's come out, it's not been developed that noticeably. However, there's loads of new languages being added over time, over the years, and it can do a lot more things through various languages than the other two well definitely the other one because only actually one is out at the moment but we're waiting to see where google home comes out hopefully it'll come out to the uk we never know but there were rumors of siri coming out in its own box now i don't really see a point it could happen but we've all walking around if you've got an apple product apart from the mac currently everything's got siri on it and you know i understand barry doesn't use it i use it all the time when i'm driving if i'm in my than with the good bluetooth i use it all the time I, you know i send i say siri send hey doodla send matt a message and then read the message and he, he gets it i send it to you if i'm in slack for with you for example mark i'll press the dictation button and just sp- speak into it and it, it you know transcribes it and, and shoves it to you granted when i'm in my crappy van you get a completely garbled message but um i'm hoping that they'll be able to do things on the back end where they can get rid of noise interference in, in the surrounding area put better microphones in there uh, and the rumor is that they're going to open it up to third-party developers through through an api and that could be interesting as well so you could have people actually build more commands into siri and make it more useful for example a domino's app for example if you say order me um a pepperoni a pepperoni pizza for example and you don't have to do anything it just knows that when you say order me a pepperoni pizza it means get a large one thin crust delivered to you know and then pay for it on apple pay that's a you know possibility if they open it up to third-party developers now obviously they got to handle security of that because we don't want just anyone getting our voice data for i imagine and apparently that's why it's taken so long so had security things in place so it might not just be every developer can do it it might be selective uh, developers can do it as long as they can prove to apple that they're handling the data um, effectively, so to speak, and, and securely. And also, Siri is meant to be coming to the Mac as well, as you said. So um, I'm not quite sure what that would entail because, you know, if we just want it, hey, Mac, what's the weather going to be like? That seems a bit pointless, but we'll see what it, if it, you know, does offer us anything interesting. More importantly, if you've got a couple of iPads, an iPhone, and your computer all in one place, and you say, hey, Siri, every single one of them is going to go off at the same time as well. I'm sort of hoping that if you have many applications installed, so you've got pod, you've got the podcast app and then you've got Overcast, I really want to be able to say, play the Essential Apple show or play the Mac and Forth show or play the Tech Fan show, and it will then fire up that app and play that podcast for me that's something that i've been really missing like the actual in-app controls does that work now um if that's i might try it now um what podcast i've got on here hold on hey siri play the essential apple show well that worked well because my wi-fi's just died (laughs) (laughs) do you want me to try it from here as i've got an ipad and an iphone right next to me all right yeah so that does work so if i go for that it'll say okay now playing the essential apple show but it works in podcasts so much like you can open links with i'm wondering 
if you'll be able to have a if you have a, a certain command like say hey hey charlie buy uh, order me a pizza it will know to say open up the domino's app or papa john's or any other one well that's the thing as long as you can specify what app you have to use because whenever they show these things it's always like buy flowers buy a train plane ticket and it just picks one and you know i, I gotta assume it's whoever they've got a licensing deal with so but you know, to be really effective, you need to be able to tell it what services that you enjoy or like using or trust to use. And it's no good getting like if you they've got a deal with Pizza Hut and you order a pizza from Pizza Hut, but you want you don't like pizza, you like Domino's, for example. So you'd need to be able to granularly change that aspect of it to make it useful. And also, people just need to learn what Siri can do. And and you know, like Barry says, he's never had a use for it, but I bet he has. He's just never realised. But while his hands are full, he could just call out to Siri to do something and it would be able to respond to you because it does from across the room. You can tell it to do like set reminders and, and contacts and, and, and like call people and send them a message like, you know, you don't have to be, you don't have to touch it. And most of the time it works if you're in a, a stable environment. Um, if you're in like windy or conditions or a pub it's, it gets a bit trickier plus you feel an idiot doing it in public I've got to say. So, so the thing that came to mind straight away was that if i'm if i'm doing diy it'd be siri pass me a hammer <laughs> well that might not work but... but what happens if you've got something like trustatrader.com installed and you you go hey siri pass me a hammer and then next thing you know uh, you end up with a dodgy plumber on you in your that's 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 what Alexa to do. So Alexa in the states, for example, it, you can order stuff from Amazon. So if you like, Barry says, I oh, know it might take a day to get there, but uh, Alexa, whatever it is, order me a hammer, and bang, it's done. I don't know what sort of hammer you'd get just from saying that, but hopefully it would give you some options again. Otherwise, you might end up with a sledgehammer turning up, and you just need a, a small little thing to bang a nail in. Well, I think we've. I'm just looking through the list here. Is there anything on the list now before we move on to the listener feedback? from the last week or so any other stories that grab anyone's attention security security will be an issue they'll bring some security stuff up because all they're running with the fbi recently i'm sure that's left them a bit gun shy i can guarantee there'll be some security news in there somewhere it's the end of the jailbreak word world as we know i mean hope i would like i know there's not going to be any hardware but i I would hope that they'll do something with maybe Touch ID coming to the Mac, but that's for a whole different time and a whole different subject. So I think we can go... Yeah, let's go into the feedback. Uh, feedback. We've had a little bit of feedback this week on the iTunes, on the Facebook, and on the Twitter. And we had a special request by one of our iTunes feedback listeners for none other than Mr. Matt Barton to read the feedback out. So, Matt, over to you. <laughs> Okay, so this was from iTunes, and it basically starts with, So glad the crew is back. Five stars. So this has basically come through from Teresa Hummel from the USA on the 4th of June, 2016. I was sorely missing the Mac and Forth show when Mark agreed to change from his rampant mumblings to essential Apple. Thanks, Mark. It's great fun to hear that all the talking Apple stuff again ah, i'll reread that it's great <laughs> here we it's go great fun to hear you all talking apple stuff again there we go I said it properly that time the humor is greatly appreciated as i sit in traffic on my way to and from work one of my favorite podcasts yeah you need to find some more podcast stories you really do 
Teresa, if you could see the look of concentration on his face while he was reading that out. And before the show, before the show, we're having a conversation about our very own Matt. Go on, go on Matt, host the show. He says, I'm not doing it for free. I get paid vast amounts for normals for speaking in public. No, I said I'm not. I said I'm not hosting the show. That was why, quite simply where I kind of stopped at. Writing campaign. If you would like Matt to come and host the show, leave your feedback on the Twitter or on the iTunes or on the Facebook group and let's get Matt to do a show because that is going to be comedic gold. Admittedly, I'll probably end up editing it so I'm making a rod for my own back, but it'd still be worth it. The next bit of feedback we've got is from is on the Twitter from at your guide NYC, NYC. Hey guys, been listening to the new show and I'm loving it. Even as you work out the kinks, as you say, we'll be posting a review soon. Thanks and best. The next bit of feedback was on Google Plus, where Scott asked us about one password pro for iOS. We covered it on desktop. Uh, we said get it. Pretty much going to be saying the same for iOS, but I'll be having her up, be doing a review at the end of the week. And I think our final bit of feedback, well, Leave it to our Facebook followers to give us a bit of a challenging story. Uh, challenging story. A quick heads up for anyone listening on speakers or in a car with young children listening. This is going to be a segment, well, a little bit about, should we say, a intimacy app that's been banned. So, yeah, thanks to Carrie on the Facebook for this one. And, uh, yeah, good luck, champs, if we try and make our way through this one. Um, I think Carol should have a go at Carl, should have gone this one. Okay. Well, it's it's basically um, a part of a female anatomy that appears on your phone or pad or whatever, uh, heavily pixelated, so apparently you can't make it out. Even if you really, really, really try hard by squinting, you can just... <laughs> squinting. Um, it shows a piece of a female anatomy. And what you do is you're meant to waggle your finger, um, and this produces some audio feedback from... Um, from someone who's maybe having some pleasurable experience, shall we say. Um, not the sort of game I think you're going to be playing on the train if it was approved. So, well, you could, you know, and if you were a male playing on a train, don't wink at a female passenger afterwards, that's for sure, especially if you get, if you win. Also, it's one of those games that would be kind of disturbing if your kid starts beating you at it. Oh, um, Carl, oh. can I just say, I don't think it's meant to be your finger that you're kind of wiggling with it. I have no idea what you're trying to say. Um, yeah, and apparently, one, if you do poorly, the um, the app tells you that you you suck at what you're doing. So just like real life, really. We're really going up a dark alley with this one. <laughs> it, there, it, this is a game called Le, Le Petit Mort, or more, created by Copenhagen-based tech firm Lovable Hat Cult, using pixelated images and nusfwuf sound effects to guide users through triggering <laughs> a sorry the same sound you have when you have a cup of tea oh that's lovely that users have to well, no i'm not going any further with this no exactly yeah it's I, no i'm not surprised apple banned it to tell you the truth i mean serious i know there's some slightly dodgy or very dodgy apps well, who get it through the app's process, you, can tell but, the, you can tell developers in near Sweden, because I don't get this last bit, a game should not be regarded as an educational game about pleasuring Volvos. <laughs> I think that's a typo. But okay. <laughs> oh, radio. <laughs> I was wondering what I oh, about. Dear. Right. As you say, please, you can uncover your child's ears now. Big impracticals. Everyone likes a good Volvo. Right, let's go on then to... Um, 
There's bailing, bailing out, bailing out. Uh, let's go on to Worth a Chirp, shall we? Uh, right, who wants to take... I'll tell you what, Matt, Python Easter, what's that? Come back to me. I'm too busy laughing still at the moment. <laughs> oh, dear. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Mine's easy. Uh, so my pick is one of the best films of this year, and that is Deadpool. It's now yeah. out early out on iTunes for nine ninety nine. It's It's got some special features in there, so you can go through and watch the making of Deadpool. It is, okay, Mar- it's a Marvel superhero movie, granted, but it is done in such a good and irreverent way of all superhero movies. It breaks the fourth wall time and time again. It's an R-rated, so expect like pretty graphical violence and and dirty jokes and things like this. But it is just so much fun. It's 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 just from beginning to end. I watched this film with a big like grin on my face. It is just fantastic. The action is fantastic. The special effects fantastic. The humour is just astounding. The the writing is fantastic and it's well acted as well. And uh, it's just if you haven't seen Deadpool, either rent it or just buy it from iTunes or somewhere else like Google Play. You will not be disappointed if you like your iTunes, uh, sorry, your superhero action movies. And like you said, it doesn't suck. If you get, have you, have you purchased it on iTunes, or have you just noticed that it's become yep. available? Do you get all the? No, I bought it because I've never bought a film off iTunes. Do you get all the the special outros and all the stuff that you'd normally get on a DVD, or do you just get the flat file movie? Well, it's called iTunes Extra. So if you, if it's a film has got iTunes Extra, it's normally got like a making of documentary in there. Like the one that came with Star Wars went on for about two and a half hours. It went in so in depth and all the various aspects of making Star Wars. Um, and not only the latest films get that, but they also go back and do some of the films that are on offer. So like you can get some cheaper, some of those movies that are on their cheaper thing in the uk anyway uh and they'll also have itunes extras in and the only way the only difference is it's when you play the movie instead of going straight to the movie when you press the title it will go to like um a flash screen so it'll have the screen art up and then down the bottom it'll be play movie extras related and you know various other things where it'll link to trailers and and uh, and special edition uh, special interviews and things like that so it's just the same as when you used to buy a dvd edition but without taking up the physical space. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. It was my, uh, I chose the Deadpool on this trailer when it's first released. I think when it first came out as well, it's $14.99. So now it's come down to $9.99. Whilst we let Matt compose himself a bit more, uh, we're going to Barry, who's got a bit of boinks going on. Bit of boinks. So my my, uh, pick this week is I Stop Motion 3. Um, And it's... uh, Bit a bit of software that sits on the uh, sits on your Mac and allows you to take photos and basically create stop motion animations. So I've been trying to uh, trying to get my little one into doing a bit more stuff with with the computer rather than just playing you know playing games on your iPad. And that, yeah, that's doing things like um, Scratch Two, which is a uh, coding coding app for uh, uh for kids which is, which is pretty cool but um this was you know creating little we're doing little lego stop motion movies um it's 39.99 um 
I actually got this as part. I think I, I think it was a Mac Heist bundle um, a, a year ago, something like that. So, but I, I've really in, really enjoyed playing with it. I think one of the one of the latest upgrades was that you could then use if you had the app running on your Mac, you could then use your iPhone or your iPad to take the photo, and it would send it to your Mac. You know, if, you, if you're on the same Wi-Fi network, so then you, you, you know, it just automatically you, you need the app on your iPhone. But I think I, I'm not sure if it's a free one or not, so it'd be worth worth looking that one up because I I just use it. Um, I just take photos on my iPhone uh, and then you know imp- import them from from photos into iStop Motion Three and uh, produce some nice nice little movies. And if you add add to that. Um, a bit of green screen action, and away you go. Well, if you've got any examples that you can, uh, you want to send our way, we'll put them. We'll put them on the website, or we'll do something with them, just so people can uh, see the masterpieces that you're creating. Well, and this would be a great hobby for you now, won't it? Because you need a lot of spare time and a lot of patience to do stop motion. So you're kind of hitting two birds with one stone there, Barry. Well, there you go. My my days will be full again. Right, Matt, are you are you with us now? Are we are you back from the brink? You've come yep. out of that deep hole. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm around again. I've actually stopped laughing from that last main story that we actually did. Um, so yeah, mine is basically it's an app which is for iPhone, iPad, and it's called Pythonista. Basically, it is the programming language of Python. So this is perfect for anyone that does coding or devs or anything like that. So it kind of fits in with the show, bearing in mind that next week's WWDC. And this basically gives you the full-fledged Python scripts that you can actually use on any iOS device to interact with your phone. So you can actually write script sets that works, you know, with contacts, reminders, photos, location data, pretty much lots and lots of kind of interaction directly with other apps within the phone system. Or you can design your own kind of code scripts and that kind of stuff to actually make your phone do other things yourself. So it literally is a full codex coding for in yeah, the Python language of Python for any iOS device. So it's available on the iOS app store. And in the UK, it comes in at £7.99. Or if you're in the US, it's $9.99. Well, I will actually give that a shout myself because a lot of people do rate Python as a bit of a programming language. And uh, for something portable and mo- mobile, uh, yeah, it looks, looks interesting. Good pick, that, especially what with WWDC around the corner. Yeah, I mean, it's a great starting language as well for people. So if someone does want to get into coding and they want to then develop into Xcode and things like that, Python is the fundamental primary system that everything runs on with regard to iOS and the Mac and everything from there. It's a Python-based system that it all runs from, and then it layers sets afterwards from that into Xcode and everything from there. So this is a nice way to start, and once you start coding in this, you'd be surprised how quickly you do kind of pick it up and you can work with it, and it's a nice opener to kind of then get you to go further and develop more with coding. Good, cool. Like you said, with WWDC around the corner, it it hopefully can inspire so because there's been a lot of... Raspberry, um, a lot of press recently about the new Raspberry Pi kits that have been coming out. So it seems like, you know, we're getting mm. back to an age of like, you know, backroom bedroom programming. Uh, and hopefully we'll be seeing maybe some SDKs for HomeKit, which can sort of maybe hopefully tie in a little bit. We'll see. 
My pick is obviously no surprise this week is going to be one password for the iPhone, iPad, Mac or Windows. Get it because it's brilliant. And something a little bit different. I was listening to the radio the other day and I heard this. This is a Prodigy Melody done by the Hackney Colliery Band. Uh, And it's rather fantastic, and I really enjoyed it. So I thought I'd choose a bit of a different pick this week. And of course, all of this is going to be in the show notes, which you can find over at essentialapple.com slash podcast, where you'll find this show and all the rest of the ones that we do, with all the links, all the show notes, all everything that you need to do, including how to give us feedback. And you know what, gents? I think we've got a show. Very so, nearly. Oh, very, very nearly. nearly. One, one, one final point. So the... Um, on the the app for the iPad or the iPhone is iStop Motion Remote Camera, and it's a free one. And as long as you're hooked up, as long as you you got your Mac running iStop Motion three, you can use this to take the photos you want and send them back to your to your main app. So that's iStop Motion Remote Camera. Remote Camera. Right, I'll add that into the show notes. So I think that's it then, gents. On that final bombshell from Barry, all that makes me to say is you can get a hold of us via EssentialApple.com. You can find us on Facebook. Again, check the show notes. Go into your little, I won't tell you how to leave a review because apparently Carl thinks everybody knows how to do it. But if you do leave well, a, a video. review. If you did leave, yep, Carl's done a review. In fact, Carl doesn't believe that I believe that everyone everyone doesn't know how to leave a review. So if you go on over to our YouTube channel, which, spookily enough, is in the show notes, just click on the little podcast icon thing, whatever you're using, you'll, we'll take you right there. You'll be able to see a video review on how to leave us feedback. Come and join us over on the Facebook, and if you want to leave us an awkward review that we have to try, or a story that we have to try and squeeze into the show somehow. We're over on the Google Plus as well, where as well, where Mr. Clive Hammett will share his movie picks and movie deals of the week. Uh, is that all the... And yes, we're on the Twitter, at Essential, Ma- uh, Essential Apple one so all that means me to say is gentlemen thanks very much for joining me this week and we will catch you next week before the football but after wwdc come on england right gents i think that's it we've got to go it's getting late we've run out of material i've run out of the wheel to live so finally gentlemen how can everyone get a hold of you mr barry gentlemen if they want to catch up with your life of sitting on a lawn yelling at kids to get off your lawn and that those damn crazy kids how can I get a hold of you, sir? I'm on Twitter at Womblefoot. And Mr. Bannon, how if they want to get a hold of you? And um, you've, you've just, in fact, before we do that, you've just written an article about Siri on the Essential Apple website. How can I get a hold of you, good sir? I uh, go on Twitter at Clausio101. And finally, Mr. Barton. Uh, myself on Twitter as well at MustangMat69. If you want to get a hold of me, follow me personally at Ocean Speed on the Twitter or follow the, follow the website, which would be even better at Essential Apple One. Of course, like I said, we've got Facebook, we've got the Twitter, we've got the YouTube, we've got the Google Plus. The only thing we don't have is an Instagram because I don't know, we haven't done it yet. Thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in. Hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week. And we'll be giving our thoughts and a score to what we think of WWDC. So, until until next week, take it easy, everyone.
ça va. Ciao. Bye. Bye.